Planet A, because there is no Planet B. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Manuel and here you will find recordings about different sustainability topics and interviews with inspiring activists. We only have one life and one planet. So make the best of your life and at the same time the world a better place. Welcome to a new episode today. I have my good friend Kieran, who is a uh, plant-based and environmentalist, inspiring with his journey towards living a more sustainable and conscious lifestyle. Kieran, it's so great to have you. Yo, Manuel, I'm so happy to be uh, be here, man. Yes, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing really well. It's uh, unlike Bali; it's pretty cold over here. The sun's <laughs> not shining, but. Uh... But it's been a good morning. Where, where are you right now? So I'm uh, in London. I'm based in Oxford, but I'm in London for the weekend. Nice. So, uh, cool. yeah. Meeting up with some cool people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to do some rock climbing this weekend. Um, and, yeah, just been, yeah, just been down for the weekend. Really, really enjoying it. Awesome, man. So I want to know, or, uh, like, how did you first get introduced to sustainability? Or, like, what switched your okay. mind? So like there's there's different stages within my mind switching. So I guess that like the very yeah. first thing about sustainability was was in college. So when I was about 17, I went to a talk yeah. about energy, water and food. And it was talking about the next 50 years, sort of um, how we would meet that, how we would change people's behaviors and things like that. And before, well, before that, I was really, I thought I was going to go to university and study geography and just do sort of... A, it would have been a degree that I would have done for the sake of it just to go to uni yeah. to a degree. But that really changed my perspective. So I started looking for sustainability courses and then found the one I studied at um, University of Leeds, which was sustainability and environmental management. And really, like that, I say that started me on a journey in terms of that's when I was interested in sustainability. But I yeah. really, until about a year and a half, two years after my degree, I really wasn't living sustainably. Like I was... Mm. I'd probably recycle a bit and you know I wouldn't I wasn't doing the significant things that I am now um and for me that felt quite hypocritical because I was I'd, I'd studied it I literally studied sustainability I found out about the impacts we were having on the planet and yet I was failing so, to, to sort of galvanize my so you, so you had all this knowledge right but you didn't take action yeah and and then I was like how can I expect anyone else to change if I don't, if I have all this information and all this knowledge, not, not that much, I might clarify, but yeah. <laughs> and yeah, how, like, how can I expect anyone else to change? How can I tell anyone that they should change? Like, so it was just, yeah. it came to my head and I was just being a big hypocrite. And then I'd seen from some of my travels, uh, you know, I love the ocean. Um, I know we both have that in common. I love the ocean and I've seen so much yeah. plastic pollution along it and you get it in Bali. I saw it a lot in South Africa and Mozambique. And that's yeah, sort of, crazy. And I was in a really remote area in Mozambique and I saw this plastic pollution and it was in an area where there's no way these people could have been producing some of this stuff and getting it there. And so it's just like, yeah. wow, so this is coming from somewhere else. It's ruining this amazing area. And so, yeah, I'd say that got like clicked my, my mind into gear even more so. And that was maybe 2017, March, May 2017. And then... Mm. I did a zero waste challenge that October, that November, oh, nice. and collected a jar's worth of, you know, everything that would go to landfill. 
So, I well, so, so similar to right now, right? The futuristic February where you collect yeah. all your waste. So yeah, I guess futuristic February is like you collect everything. So I didn't do that. I just collected, I still recycled, I composted. But yeah, similar to futuristic February. And that's why I'm really behind um, that idea, that concept. Yeah. Uh, and just for anyone who doesn't know, futuristic February is where you collect everything you produce in a month, um, the month of February um, this year. And you then look back at it at the end of the month just to see what you're producing and sort of get an idea of the quantity of what you produce and then you, then you can start to be like oh okay how can i reduce this but yeah so it was a bit different to futuristic february but it just gave me an yeah. insight into the amount of things covered in plastic the amount of stuff that goes to landfill that we just don't think about um mm. so yeah it's a chest that's Makes why you bear. yeah it definitely does man and uh it was that awareness and that the, the connection was and this is like one thing i like to talk about a lot is that that's awesome i i recognized that my actions had consequences and yeah i think i think that's a great like that's a good point like when you realize that everything that you buy or the choices that you make has has a consequence either positive or negative yeah that's it man and then it's like well i want the choices that i make to have an overall positive and like sometimes there will be negative implications but i can try to minimize the best that i can um, and mm. that's really how I want to be living my life is, you know, minimizing the negative impact I have in every aspect of my life, which is also another reason for the plant-based living. But yeah, but that's my oh. background, mate. That's where I sort of started. That's where I got, you know, the journey that I went on as such. And now I'm, I'm deep into it. <laughs> yeah, I can see, man. So, so amazing. So what do you think is like the missing point when you think about it, like and people already have the knowledge, but they're not acting yet. What do you think is the missing point to action? What would you say? Missing point to action. It's a good question, mate. I'd say if you have the knowledge, you may have the knowledge, but it's, it's that consciousness to like in every moment you take to be intentional yeah. in it. So mm -hmm. you, I can have the knowledge that a plastic straw, you know, goes in the ocean. And I have a pretty good idea that it ends up in the nose of a, you know, or like turtle, in the bed yeah. or something or in the nose of a turtle. It can happen. But until I make that conscious link in my mind and see it and see that that could be that, like that could have a direct cause. It's very easy for me or anyone else to push that to the back of my mind. And mm. I'd say that's definitely it's it's actually acknowledging it because you can you can have the knowledge but then you can sort of push those thoughts to the back of your mind until you bring them to the forefront until you create that value of yeah. the action you're doing so if i value the the well-being of the ocean or the the marine what life more than i value the benefits i get from that straw or that plastic bottle which is pretty easy to you know <laughs> Um, yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to make that decision and that's wow and that's how it, it works in my whole like every decision i make i try to to do so intentionally because i li believe yeah. we live in a society that is very unintentional it's almost a mm. dream state for some people where we we sort of been told and so told to buy things told to live a certain way told we do that because of culture tradition and and I think the next big thing that I'd love to see is a consciousness revolution or an intentionality revolution where people start to, to make those connections and then start to act on those.
Yeah, I love I love this point what that you mentioned, like with values and really seeing seeing also the problem. Like yeah. as you when you were in um, South Africa and you saw the the pollution, it made click in your mind. I think it's very important that people not only hear from it but also actually see see it with their own eyes and then I think it makes it's easier than to take action because you don't want to contribute to this. Yeah. Man, and that's so true. It and that's for everything. I think you're so right. A visualization helps. And I think in the battle against single use plastic, yeah. And plastic in general, we've seen documentaries like Blue Planet or um, you know, those sort of nature documentaries really hmm. re- really captivate people and get them thinking and seeing these things. Because you know, it's it's like the way those are recorded, I'm sure you can appreciate it. It's just visually it's incredible. And then the shots they get and like the suffering they caught that is caused by plastic is then shown to these people and the story is told well. And I think that sort of idea gets it out to people. But I agree with you. Yeah. Imagery, powerful aesthetics is, is a, a really strong communicator to people. And I just say this on the, on the side of sort of um, the plant-based side, you know, the visualization that, the, that gets shown and when people see that and become uncomfortable with it, that's when it starts to see the change because like plastic like everything when you become uncomfortable with something and you realize that you're contributing to it then it's it's up to you to make that decision and if you're you know that sort of thing yeah uh, it's, it's just it's just great and we like we both are doing something to raise this awareness um it's yeah it's just nice to inspire people right yeah man and you inspire me with all the content you're putting out like you're really I really uh, love following your journey, man. And I'm sure you're following. Thank you. Yeah, you too, man. Um, awesome. So um, a lot of people are mentioning uh, like this word low impact living. What would you say does it mean to you? What does low impact living mean to you? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really like the term low impact living. It, it resonates with yeah. me in a way that zero waste doesn't. Yeah. And why? What do you say? Okay, so zero waste is originally like an industry term for like mm. industries to try and make the production po- process produce no waste and that sort of thing. And for us as consumers to live zero waste, it's it's impossible to do. We live in a system that isn't inherently zero waste. So that means we cannot live in that means. And you can obviously like, you can obviously reduce your waste, you can lower it, but there will always be waste on the production. So a lot of it comes down to the system changing. But I'm not saying that yeah. we have no power. Obviously, you can make decisions, you know, go to farmers markets, buy things package free, go to bulk stores. If you have the, you know, the like the ability to, because obviously there's, you know, financial, structural barriers, all these sorts of things. So, so zero waste, I feel, can also be it's a really good blanket term. Like it gets people when you say like, oh, I was doing a zero waste challenge or talk about zero waste people are like they're intrigued by it because they're like oh what's that but actually like it could also be exclusive because some people might feel that like it doesn't involve them or like they can't go zero waste so they get frustrated themselves and they see people with jars and that's all they've produced they're like oh i'm you know i'm failing because i'm producing this much yeah actually like i thought at the beginning when i heard the first time the word zero waste one year ago i I thought like it's really like they produce don't produce any trash at all like that was my 
connection to zero waste, the first connection, and it's like, yeah, not possible as you said. Yeah, and almost. Then, yeah, exactly. It's not possible within our system. And what I really, what really connects me with low impact living is, is it's not just about your waste. And I know zero waste doesn't have to be either. But when you say low impact living, it's talking about a journey. It's talking about your life, and living low impact to me means doing everything that I can to minimize the negative impacts that I have on the planet and the beings that inhabit it. So humans, and animals, that's how it sort of mm. means to me. So that, that means across my, the food I eat, yeah, the materials I use, the things I buy and consume, uh, the transport I take, all these sorts of things. And just in how I, I treat other people as well. I think that's important. But for me, that's what low impact living means. It covers, it feels to me like it covers a broader range. And that's why I'm really proud to be part of the low impact movement. Um, mm. And like, and what that's trying to achieve and trying to get more people involved in this idea of lowering your impact, because that's what it is. We all can make those decisions each day, day to, to lower our impact. And it's a really powerful feeling to know that the decision you're making is having a positive impact and reducing the, the negative impacts you have you know it's that it's that agency that you you can actually feel the change yeah that's that's amazing because it brings somehow everything uh together yeah. right like all the aspects of your life um you you not only focus on to, uh, not producing any waste but you're also like trying to use sustainable transportation yeah. and um yeah eating healthy food that is good for the environment so that's mm -hmm. um really nice so what what do you think is are some great tips uh, for people who want to start a low impact living or a more sustainable conscious lifestyle okay yeah i've got a few i'd say and it doesn't have to be futuristic february it can be your own thing spend a week yeah. uh a month two weeks whatever it may be spend that time just collecting If it's just the stuff that would go to landfill, collect it. If it's, you want to collect everything, collect everything. Hmm. That that was a real turning point in my journey. It, it That ability to see what you produce and be like, oh, okay, well, I got that in plastic. There were I could actually do that without. Or it, it's just being able to see everything and measure it makes it so much easier to change because – We live in a throwaway society where everything goes in a black bag and disappears and gets taken away and we never see it again. We don't have to worry about it. So that's that's definitely the first thing. I'd say get on social media. Get following people who inspire you, who yeah, that's a good point. give out good tips, who yeah, just make you feel good and make you want to change and really benefit you. Like don't follow someone who makes you, you know, feel a bit shitty and you know, like you're not doing enough. <laughs> Follow the people who, yeah. who give you... Inspire you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Give you energy. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, man. And that's what I've really found is it's there's such a community around this and it's so powerful. It's changing. It's for the better, like 100% guaranteed, changing me for the better being a part of this community and being inspired by these people every single day. So mm -hmm. that's what I've got. Oh, what would my other tips be? Don't beat yourself up is a huge one that I think... Um, we, yeah, you wrote a post about that yesterday, right? Yeah, I did. And I think it's really important, man. I think too many people strive for perfection in a world where it's not possible. Um, mm. Obviously, we can strive to like 
you know, be our best. And I think we should. I think we should push ourselves, challenge ourselves. But there's that life happens. Life gets in the way, you know, and yeah. you can't if holding something against yourself or beating yourself up or saying I. Sh you could say, yeah, I could have done better there, but I'll do that next time. A lot of people see, you know, if they consume too much waste as a failure. And I really hate the idea of failures throughout life. Like hmm. there is no you such thing. You learn from yes. You learn from it. Yeah. And you shouldn't judge yourself for for making a mistake because it's like a journey. It's not mm -hmm. I'm living zero waste, but I think it's more a journey towards a more conscious lifestyle. That's it, man. And like with anything in life, it's only failure if you don't learn from it. So just take every yeah. chance that you get to learn from the mistakes you make and and that will help you with your growth and your journey. And that's really, those are some of the main tips I'd say. Uh, mm. And then obviously there's the sort of things you can get like water bottles or metal straws and all those sorts of things. But I think a lot of the zero or the low impact living journey starts with the mindset shift. And also, um, yeah, actually it has a lot to do with the mind and your attitude towards it. Mm. I think it comes also down to commitment, like to really say, okay, am I going to try this? And, um, just make this commitment that I will give my best to a more sustainable lifestyle. Yeah, man, 100%. And make it like a habit. Yeah, it's all habitual. Like we live, people live like habitually because it's comfortable because that's what they know. So yeah, like changing that, it, it can be difficult. But I mean, so starting off slow, like, and that's the thing, don't rush as well. It's easy to think mm. that you see someone who could be doing zero waste, you know, I've been living or less low impact we're living it for about two years now, maybe just under. But you know, yeah. I if I look at people who've been here for ten years, they're still they're like miles ahead of me. But I can't compare <laughs> to those people because it's my own journey. Um, yeah, and that's what everybody is like different. Yeah, like yeah, the tempo is different and everything. So it's yeah. really a good point to don't compare yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, really like that. And like in, also in generally, like not only to zero waste, but also. Yeah, to every aspect of your life, you should compare yourself to another person because this person is totally different than you. Yeah, for sure, man. I agree with that. Yeah, we're quick to judge, like get ourselves down when we compare ourselves to someone else. But that person's been on their own journey, and hmm. and has their own, own struggles and challenges. Yeah. And it's very, and that's one thing about social media. Sometimes we can forget that you know these people they weren't always at this level, and they've a lot like they've worked hard to get there. And what we see through Instagram is like mostly the good parts or, you know, you don't yeah, exactly you don't the, see someone going the high life. <laughs> well, it's not even the high life, really. It's just what they're doing. Yeah. And true. And then you, yeah, I don't think the low impact life, I'm not sure it's the high life. <laughs> you, know, on like, you know, private planes or, well, I mean, that, well, that then depends on what you describe as like the high life. And I don't think that's the high life. Yeah. Though. But that's what like society <laughs> imagines it to be. But anyway, uh, yeah, like, yeah, you see them living this like awesome, like, uh, well, yeah, really like intentional and low impact life, and people want to be there a bit too mm. soon. So I think take your time. There's plenty of it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about climate change. Um, what what do you think? Like, what changes need to happen um, to prevent? climate change because scientists say like we only have like 12 or 11 years now left to prevent like traumatic uh traumatic crisis what do you think needs to happen to prevent this okay really interesting question man and we could go 
obviously for the sake of the podcast we won't but I'm sure we could talk about this for hours yeah <laughs> what do I think needs to happen okay so I think at some stage we're going to have to see a systemic shift in the way our society works we've got these companies who essentially produce too many goods they market them it, like extensively to make people feel that they need them and make mm. huge profits off of it at the expense of the planet. And I think we can't continue to have this system where these companies want exponential growth when we have a planet of finite resources. Like it's impossible. We cannot have that. So we need to realize that, yes, and this, this is one of the issues is like GDP is sort of fesh, like gross domestic product. So how company, how governments have often measured the, how well the, com- com- uh, the country is doing. Mm. It's a broken system because it, it includes what is good and what is bad. So if you go to war, GDP goes up. If you're spending more on the environmental damage to clear it up, GDP is going to go up. So we need to change our metrics yeah, of what we, see, what we see success as for countries. So that's one aspect. So I think we need a huge shift in what businesses do. They are driving a large proportion of climate change at the mm, yeah, only think about the money and profit yeah man like and we can't mm. and what what do we need to survive as humans like oxygen food water shelter water health yeah all yeah, these things, the basic needs all these things are being severely affected air pollution you know the uk london is breaking its like eu limits i believe mm. on air pollution it's got you know and it's killing people you look at things like oil spills, plastic pollution going into the oceans. This stems from companies mainly, and yeah, and that's where it needs to change. So that's systemic change in that perspective, and not giving these companies free reign to do whatever they want just to make money. Like, how ridiculous is it that we will be happy to destroy the world, which is yeah, for a piece of paper, like for a piece. Yeah, it's an imagined money. Technically, it's an imagined. Yeah, it's an it's an imagined concept, like. If you exactly. went to a random tribe and I tried to give them t- a ten pound note, it wouldn't mean would anything say, to them. Yeah. <laughs> but if I went and gave them water, that has a strict that has a value to them because because it's life. They can survive from this. Yes. So that's it, man. It's like we need to realize that actually the s- survival of our species is at stake here, and that leads mm. me quite nicely onto the next thing. I think I think we need to recognize that we're in a crisis. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, imagine if everybody recognizes that, like, then they really need to do restrictions because, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. there's no other way then. Man, yeah, we are in a crisis. There's no doubt about it. it, Scientists say we're in the sixth mass extinction. Mm. And we, that two degree rise, if you look at the difference between a 1.5 and two degree rise for the IPCC, the International Panel of Climate Change, put out it's drastic it's dramatic like the the difference so yeah like what what would happen that would be like the end <laughs> yeah, we'll see it'll be it's you know it's gonna be very interesting if not scary to see what happens but i think governments yeah. need to be on that they need to at least they i mean they have all the information the, go- the governments know what's going on they have the scientific information you know they have everything and yes 
they they need to act on that information because actually it's negligence not to. The fact that they're not telling people, okay, we're in, you know, we're in, <laughs> we're in the shit here. Like we need to act, you know, we're like, yeah. they're people, we're going to have to start, you know, reducing the amount of food waste we have because, yo, there's one third of global food waste. I mean, that's ridiculous in countries climate change, but they're not doing that. So, and it's something I'm working on at the moment, uh, a post slash article, I don't know how to describe it, but I think we need to recognize that, that we have, we are in a war with the planet and it's, mm. it's ourselves who, who are driving this war. So, and it's the response on the planet. So, and by that, yeah, and I mean, we can stop that war by, by taking action yeah. in the right direction. And yeah. the, in times of crisis, and this is why I say we need to make it a crisis scenario almost, people, mm. people act. People are willing to act. Yeah, because their life depends on it. Yeah. And you look yeah. at, yeah. there's two scenarios that I like, like to draw comparison to, is mm. war. If you look at wars, there's, there's this threat, this immediate threat, and people are willing to act, like reduce their own consumption, reduce like all these sorts of things because of that immediate threat. Now, I'm not saying, you know, we're facing the threat of like people with guns and being taken over, but there are people who are on the front line who are being hit by these extreme, more frequent weather events whose islands are in threat of being, you know, uh, sunk by rising sea levels. There's people who are standing up to fossil fuel companies and being arrested or worse, you know, in deforestation, the Amazon being killed. Yeah, they're the defense for the planet to keep us alive as a species requires us to act differently than we've ever well, yeah, differently than we've ever acted before because it's the first threat in human history that has the potential to wipe us out as a species, but also so you know, other things could have wiped us out as a species, but also bring us together against a common cause a common enemy and that enemy is the way we we live at the moment like we yeah the way we treat the mother earth (laughs) yeah that's the that's and it's our actions that the enemy so we need to look at that so i think that Mm. switching to that crisis and then in terms of other things people just making that conscious conscious connection that living intentionally i think switching to a plant-based vegan diet is it's good. It not. I don't think every. I don't expect everyone to switch to a plant-based diet. Um, mm. It's just unrealistic at the moment. But yeah. I think people, sh- and this is where I say consciousness comes in. Be conscious of where their food comes from. What's the process it goes to to get to your plate? What has it mm. gone through? And yeah, you know, what, like travel. Like how far did it travel? Yeah, all, um, all, all these things. Other things you need to think about so much actually. Yeah. What's the so what, how much water was used? How much energy was used? How much land was used? How much travel was there? What ended up on your plate? You know, was it, and again, it's something, it's a connection that I made um, that, you know, some people, like a lot of people don't. So it's, you know, probably in the minority globally, I am. But what, <laughs> what, like, what is it? What is on my plate? It was another being. So that for me has like a big, way in but for the environmental aspect there's huge you know they Mm. study at the university of oxford said that a plant-based diet a vegan diet is the biggest single action a person can take 
to reducing their impact on the planet. Like that's huge, man. And that comes down that's to huge. Like when you think about that, that's crazy. Like <laughs> you eat, and this is the thing: you make you make these decisions three times a day what you eat and what you put in your plate. And why I'm saying yeah. not, every, not everyone can just go straight to vegan. Not everyone, like, I mean, maybe they can, but you know, there's other reasons why they can't or these sorts of things. How, how did you start? Did you do, went straight into vegan from eating no, meat no. or did you reduce slowly? Reduce slowly. But I'll finish this point and I can tell you about that if you want. Yeah. Because I don't yes. want to leave people thinking, that, um, you know, I just want this massive change. I mean, do want massive change. But what I think is that people, there's three decisions you make a day. If just you change your diet and reduce the meat you consume for one day, like you don't eat meat for one day, then that you would have eaten meat. You say you eat meat three times a week or four times a week. You're then having a mm. third or a quarter less of the impact on the planet that you would be having. Like that's huge. Oh my God, that's huge. When, if you have one plant-based meal, so say you had like meat uh, throughout the day three times. If you had one plant-based yeah. meal in there, say lunch is plant-based. You're mm. reducing the impact you have by a third. Like, mate, it's huge. And that's. Yeah, like, on this, everybody can do that. Like, everybody can reduce or have, like, um, Meatless Monday, for example. Yeah, meatless Monday is perfect, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that's it. People, you know, because I, I don't want to be out there. I don't want to preach to people and get them afraid of the idea of going plant based. I shouldn't, you know, I want people to realize there's so many benefits of it, especially. For the environment, it's huge. Like it, like I said, it's the biggest impact you can have. For the animals, mm. if um, people love an animals, like going from that uh, perspective. Yeah. For, uh, what else? for like health, it's one of the best uh -huh. for health. So, but I think we've been, you know, we've been told that we need meat, we need milk, all these sorts of things. Yeah, it's also commercial, like yeah. a lot of money that went into commercial, like you need milk for strong bones and stuff. Like, it's so doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And there's like, you can get calcium from your plants. Do you know what I mean? And there's, yeah. there's other aspects that are wrong with that. But yeah, so I think that's, that's something I think we'll see. And we're seeing like big growth in it globally. And we're seeing, you know, be, be sort of exposed. You know, there was the first ever vegan advert, or I think it was vegan food advert, like at the Super Bowl this year, the Beyond Meat Burger. And that's like huge. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So the fact that that's something like that is really, really interesting. I think people are getting more open to it. Getting more common. Yeah. And as the information spreads itself and as people realize the, you know, the impact of it, again, it's one of those mm. things like, is the cost it has, so when you add up the environmental, all this other stuff, the animal life, like, is that worth that meal for you? Like, it's, it's that idea. You have to, so pe but I can't tell people to come to that decision. It, it's mm. a journey within to find where, like how much you value a certain thing above another. And that's what I was talking about when I was saying low impact living. It's about that value yeah. that you place on something and the, the cost yes. of your convenience is essentially another. Thing. Totally agree. It really comes down to, to your values and with everything. Yeah, like, yeah man. And mm. that's, that's life. It's like it's down to your values, really. But um, yeah, yeah for, for my journey, it was very much... I never thought I'd, I, I never thought I'd go vegan. Like in my life, <laughs> never thought. Like it was. I used to eat a lot of meat at school. I'd have like, you know, like a sausage sandwich. Most yeah, times. ham sandwich and stuff. Yeah, and <laughs> I used to love it. I used to love you know, um, the taste of it. Just it was all these things. Like I, I never saw myself going vegan whatsoever. Um, mm. 
And after I did the zero waste challenge, it started to be like, oh, okay, you know, this, this consciousness, you know, actions, consequences. I'd sort of known a bit about the idea of the environmental impact of meat, but I never really looked into it. It would always be one of those things on the periphery that I'd sort of like know it's there, but not really like touch. And then I was like, mm. right, researched it. I was like, right, I need to reduce my meat consumption because that's, you know, has a huge impact on the planet. So I cut out red meats, which uh, for anyone listening, that's, the, you know, the worst beef is the, the worst red meat in terms of. Yeah. So if you could just cut out that, you're having a huge impact there. Uh, so I cut out all the red meats and then I cut out fish because actually, and this is one thing people don't realize is we, we say no plastic in the oceans. We don't want plastic, but the fishing industry, 46% of the plastic in the ocean is from ghost fishing nets. Yes. Like I find so many fishing nets, like on the beach and stuff. It's, it's intense. Yeah. So when we talk about, you know, when we're talking about not putting plastic bottles into the ocean to save the lives of fish. What about those, you know, the majority of plastics coming from, you know, the capturing of fish and the discarding of those nets. And, and it also comes back to us. Yeah. Like we eat them, the fish. Yeah, exactly. And the fish are plastic. And I think it was a study found that one third of fish in the UK that are being consumed contain some form of plastic in. You know, that sort of, I, I think that will become thing. People will start to realize that they're consuming it. And there's no links. There's not really any strong links yet to what it could cause. But there's like suggestions that it could be like infertility or like what's the you know what happens from that plastic consumption so we'll see but so yeah i start i cut out fish and then i chicken was the last one that was my favorite it took a while to cut out and then i cut mm. that out on january 13th 2018 i remember the exact day <laughs> oh that's not so long ago like uh around a year yeah mate so that was me getting vegetarian so yeah i've only be, i mean i went vegetarian yeah like a year and a month ago and then oh. i was vegetarian uh when was vegetarian for four or five months and then i just started mm. to read more learn more yeah and you start to make those connections man I, I realized that i didn't i didn't need if i don't i i don't need another animal to suffer for me to sustain myself now because because the options are there and i yeah. want to live yeah. a life especially nowadays yeah and i want to live a life where i have like i said i want to live a low impact life i want to have a low impact on the planet I want to minimize the amount of suffering I can cause for both humans and animals. And that's oh. for me makes me feel really powerful because I know that I'm every day before I've even got out of bed, I'm helping to like prevent suffering. And I know. Yeah. You're knows, impro improving the, the planet by simple actions like yeah. food already, like your breakfast or lunch, dinner. Yeah. So and I think that's really powerful, man. It gives, it gives me a lot of sense of, control on my life and what i'm doing and how i'm living i know some people like won't see it like that and you know may not agree with me but i'm just putting it out there i just want people to see that's that's my perspective of it um and I, I think people should always look into these things and try and understand them a bit more learn about them Definitely. but not everyone um it's a journey and like for me for me even when i went vegetarian um i wasn't thinking i was going vegan and then just yeah. the evidence for me was just too strong not to and that really and Vegetarianism yeah, was a it really comes down to knowledge. Like when you really know, like, of all the information, you want to do something. You cannot just keep going like that, right? Yeah, man. Well, that's the thing. I, I when it, before I was vegetarian, I sort of had this knowledge, but I didn't have enough of it. Yeah. And I think some people can sit back and you know, I could go around and tell people like, oh, the best thing you can do is vegan. They have that knowledge then, but it's not. It's about having that knowledge and it being in the. 
them being in the having the ability to to go into that themselves, become interested in the idea, research it, and sort of uh, make it a reality in their own heads. Because I'm never going to, you can never force anyone to do anything. You can never force someone to go vegan. You can't force someone to go to the gym. It has to be yeah. a decision they make themselves. It comes from them. It, comes from, yeah. it has to come from them inside, so from the inside. And they really want to do it. Yeah. So that's why not they just quit again. Yeah, and that's why and so, so vegans for the animals and that was just like learning about what was going on in that and that was me doing it for, for like for myself because I didn't believe and for them like I didn't believe that, that mm. I needed that. So yeah, it was a real journey of consciousness for me and understanding and and learning and intentionality and like I said it was I never expected it. So I understand when people go like oh I can never go vegan or what about cheese and all these sorts of things. But man, I think it comes down to three things in this sort of the plant-based sphere, the vegan sphere. It's going to come yeah. to accessibility, cost, cost, and oh, what's the third one? Accessibility, cost, <laughs> and quality. Quality. And yeah. if the food tastes exactly the same, but it has a lower impact on the planet, and an animal didn't have to be killed for it to get to your plate, why would you not pick that one? So if it tastes exactly the same, if it's available to you at the same convenience or a low enough convenience for you to use it and get it, why would you not use it? And if it's priced the same or even gets to a stage where it's cheaper because, you know, a lot of the meat we eat is subsidized very heavily alongside the dairy. If it was priced the same or cheaper, why would you not get it? Like when those three things happen, which they're happening quickly, mm. people are going to have to ask themselves like where they stand on that on that like what is their reason for consuming it because if they if it's if it tastes the same it's cheaper or as expensive and it's available to you why would you choose anything else i love this kieran thank you for sharing that that's really really powerful i love this these three points it's so true yeah so we'll see how it goes i'm pretty excited where it's going as a movement i really yeah. really support it and yeah i really love it nice Thank you so much, Kieran. Wow. Is that, it, I, mate? Is that the end? <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> 38 minutes. It was such a great talk. Like, I think there's so much valuable information for people, like really uh, taking action and having this, all of this knowledge and knowing like what to do next and how to start. And um, just thank you very much for sharing all of this information. Yeah, no worries, man. Like, I'm absolute pleasure to be here talking to you. Like, you know, um, oh, and for people who don't know, Manuel and I met. Oh, yes. We didn't tell that. We met in Bali. We met in Bali <laughs> when I was traveling over there. And we met because of Instagram. We met yes. through it. And this is why I that's, say that. That's the powerful tool of Instagram. Like, you can really connect to like-minded people and find, find your tribe, as you said. That's what it is, man. I mean, we live in a world where technology can be seen as something so negative. You know, people following these makeup videos, being told that they need to look a certain way and dress a certain way, and mm. that they're not good enough. But then you come to yeah. have this positive experience where you're coming to a, like a community that is embracing change and being positive, having good impact on the planet. And the people I've met through this community are some of the best people I've ever met and have changed me and inspired me in so many ways that I, I just would not be the person I am right now, right this moment without those people. And you're one of those mm. people, man. Like, Thank you. Bali was incredible. So 
Yeah, we, we did so much content, we did so many things. It was just such a great energy. Yeah, and that's it. Love it. The energy you get from yeah. this positive change in your life, that control you take back over your life of not just being part of a system, but you know, making conscious mm. that consciousness is huge. I, I, I cannot stress it enough. Is like trying to find your reason for acting, for your intentionality mm. behind your actions, to explore that feeling, to explore that idea. Um, I cannot recommend it enough to to everyone who listens to this. Yes, yeah, so like it really comes down like how how do you use social media? You can re really use it as a tool to inspire others and to connect but also like the opposite way. So it really comes down what you want to do with that. Yeah. And like it's, you know, it, people, there's a lot of the terms going around about people, you know, it's people being influencers on Instagram. And then it comes down to, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I don't see it mattering. If you, if you have 1000 followers or 10,000 or a hundred thousand followers, if you are changing the actions of one person by what you're saying, it already matters it already so matters. much. And also, and this person is going to change other people. So Yeah. And also, gonna... what is, an like, what are you influencing? Like, some people can be called an influencer, but they're living this life where it's them with, you know, Rolls Royces and Rolexes and private jets. And yeah. What, what, <laughs> what is the value of that message? Like, what are you telling people? That you need that to be happy? Because you, you... Yeah, you need materialistic things to be happy. Yeah. That's that, the influence. Man. You don't need materialistic things to make us happy. <laughs> Happiness comes from... And it sounds like hippie-ish, but it comes from the inside. It comes from acceptance of yourself. Yeah. It comes from um, valuing yourself and your own decisions. And also this co like consciousness, you begin to value yourself more because, well, I found that because I was... Yeah, you, bring, you begin to love yourself. Yeah. That's like one of the most important things. And because you're acting not just for yourself, you're acting for like a bigger thing. You're acting for the environment. You're acting for the animals. You're, you're doing something for someone else. And I think that's really powerful. And I know you do it a lot. Like you give more than you take. And that, I think that's a really powerful mm. thing. So I think people, oh, I loved it. people just need to realize that you don't need to buy things. You don't need to have things to be happy. You know, we live in a mm. world where people think money is the most important thing. But Yeah, I need to impress some people with my nice watch or something. Yeah. But impress them with your smile yeah. <laughs> and your your mentality your attitude impress them by your passion like you know, yeah i don't want to hang out with someone because they've got a nice watch i want to hang out with them because of the messages they spread the beliefs they have yeah and the energy that i get yeah, and exactly so, man. And yeah. i think that's a beautiful point to sort of end on and let everyone know that you know you are good enough you are yeah. like you're amazing and they people listening to this just know that you can you can create change. Don't be afraid of of taking on the challenge of changing the, how you act and how you live mm. because it's really powerful yeah. and you can do it. Like there's no doubt you can. Slow steps, bit by bit, you can make a real difference. And don't let anyone, don't let anyone tell you can't. Yes. Like everybody has a gift that can contribute to a better future. So again, thank you so much, Kieran. That was so cool. Thank you. Uh, I'm feeling so great <laughs> <laughs> talking to you. Um, yes, and um, how can people find you? I will put the, um, the links in the description, but maybe you can. Okay. Yeah, so the uh, best place to find me on is Instagram. Um, it's at semi-sussedman. So S-E-I-S-U-S-T man. And that stands for semi-sustainable man. And then my 
blog, which has been a bit inactive, but I'm about to jump on soon, is called cool. The Ramblings of a Semi-Sustainable Man. And then if you're looking for any YouTube content where I discuss some things about you know, low-impact living, low-impact travel, uh, then then uh, go check out my YouTube channel, Semi-Sust Man. And uh, awesome. yeah, that's uh, I will put everything in the description so people can just click yeah. on it. Awesome, man. Thank nice. you so much for your time, Manuel. Thank you for this chat. As always, it's a pleasure. Amazing. And I'm looking forward yeah. to maybe sometime in the future being back in Bali and uh, that would be amazing. Yeah, doing beach cleanups, catch, yeah, surfing, like, recording videos, yeah, <laughs> bit of climbing, you know, yeah, climbing, yeah, man. <laughs> but, uh, awesome. Yeah, thank you so Thanks. much, Manuel.